Okay, welcome back, all of you bright light enthusiasts to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I'm joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad consists of Katie, Hi. Emma, Ooh. and Micah. Your man? I'm a, I'm a bad corpse. I keep, keep on scaring Smithers. <laughs> So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2023 American supernatural horror film, The Boogeyman. And no, not The Wrestler. No, not the 1980 film, not the 2005 film, or Michael Myers. The new version. Don't let it out. Hit that music. Spookies, everyone, this is episode 20 of this illustrious podcast, 5th Annual Halloween Screamathon, and we are reviewing a, it is very new because it just popped up on Hulu, but we are doing another rendition, not even another rendition, a live action version of a short story by my boy, Stephen King. Uh, first published in March 1973 in the magazine Cavalier, and then put into his 1978 collection, Night Shift. It was actually his first collection of short stories, and The Boogeyman was from that. This movie, actually the story, is old as balls. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, The Boogeyman, uh, the book and the movie is about different people, but usually... It's about Lester Billings and his misadventures with a shadowy figure attempting to ruin his life by murdering his family. So in the book, it's all about Lester, the character that does pop up in this movie. Um, it's all about him, and he is talking to a psychiatrist about the last year of his life and how everyone just keeps getting murdered around him. In the movie, it's about the Harper family, and Lester pops up, and then doctors pop up. But fun fact, uh, the dad in the movie, he's he's a psychiatrist that talks to Lester in the book. So I thought that was cool when it's like, oh, your name's Harper. Oh, like in the book. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a short story, but I will make sure to bring up the ending because the ending of the movie kind of pulls from the ending of the book. But the book, like, definitely confirms or denies that there is still the presence of a booger a booger man or booger men so (laughs) you did did the thing (laughs) uh so emma what did you think about the boogeyman this was so good i okay to be fair i immediately texted katie as soon as I started watching this, and I was like, oh, fair warning. 
Um, there was a child death in the first like seconds. two minutes of the movie, and I was like, oh, um, I don't know that I'm going to be a fan of this movie at this moment. And I was very apprehensive, but that movie was so fucking good. So many jump scares. Lots of uncomfortable, creepy, ooky feelings. And I, I loved it. That was very Stephen King-ish. Just kind of gave me the uncomfortable no-nos. <laughs> and that was, it felt good. Yeah. In a bad way. Okay, Micah. Oh, uh, this is a certified banger right here. That was a fun movie, man. I I liked the... Uh, it was it was good to have a good monster. Okay, I, even Micah sat there and said, Oh, no. <laughs> a okay, couple I, got, of times. I got one fuckering <laughs> jump scare. I'll admit, it, it's been a long time since I've gotten a genuine jump scare out of a movie. And this one got me. I got one. And I was like, ooh, Okay. <laughs> Emma had gotten home and she was feeding the baby while we were watching it and she jumped so hard it kind of startled the baby and so <laughs> made it even worse. But yeah, absolutely loved this movie. That was a wild ride. Katie? I also really liked this movie. There were not a lot of good characters like people you were rooting for but man were there a lot of bad characters. You were like, fucking die already. And the monster was excellent. I always complain in a lot of these about them showing the monster too much. But this one, because it's like in the dark and the shadows all the time, it was like just the right amount to still freak you out. You never see enough of it at any one time until the very end. So yep. it keeps you on your toes and like your keeps your butt cheeks clenched. This is good. Correct. And they didn't ruin it with the sharp tooth sound. Yep. Yeah. I never thought that i needed a live action version of the story i remember reading this uh growing up in middle school and high school i would just rent these fat gigantic stephen king books uh, i want to say the stand and it were one of the first ones that i read from him and then i jumped into the dark tower series and that's five billion of them but i remember reading the boogeyman like the short story and I thought it was very creepy. Uh, you just feel for Lester as he's talking to a psychiatrist and he's like, this thing just won't leave me alone. And more of, it won't leave my family alone. It is just trying his best to murder everything about him. I, this was fun. This was really, really fun. I absolutely enjoyed it. Sure, there's some things I can kind of poop on but i and i like the i like when a monster has like a, a blatant weakness but it's tough to get to that weakness point uh light's really fun uh we've done darkness falls when i love that movie but it, it's you know you can still get around it if you're a smart enough villain to get around this yeah i agree on that one the darkness falls thing i fucking loved that movie as a kid yeah it oh so good so, a couple of fun facts about this film. The Boogeyman was directed by Rob Savage. That name might not sound familiar, but Rob Savage, he directed Host. <laughs> so, he knows his way around simple and creepy. Um, it, I really enjoy what he does. There's another film that he has done, and um, we'll do that. Actually, we'll, we'll probably do that in found footage months, because it's another found footage one. Um, but 
the main character is a very unsavory person. So it's like you kind of want the bad things to get her because she's a piece of shit. But apparently it's pretty good called Dash Cam. So we'll do that one day. And then the screenplay for this movie was written by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. And they also wrote A Quiet Place. So once again, a movie that deals with senses, um, cutting off parts of just a normal situation to a body. So just like in A Quiet Place where you had to be fucking quiet or you instantly died, just in this movie, it's you need light. If you're in the dark, you're going to get snatched up. It just Some people just know how to write for things like that. When it's just like, you're at a detriment the whole time. It's like, this is terrifying. So I like this movie a lot. So it has a small cast. So it has the Harper family, then Lester and his wife, and then a couple of other people that talk, but not a lot. So the eldest daughter, uh, Sophie Thatcher, is her name in real life. She was in the book of Boba Fett. She was drash and lord knows i don't know who that is maybe she's part of the uh the biker gang that would be my guess yeah yeah <laughs> and chris messina he was in the mindy project he was her husband her boyfriend i don't think they ever ended up okay getting married. i couldn't remember if they got married or not danny castellano and then vivian lyra i'm gonna say lyra blair uh the wee little gal in this movie she played girl in bird box she played Princess Leia Organa in Kenobi. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I, I didn't know that was girl. I was like, I'll be dipped. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. She didn't look like that, but she had longer hair. And it was like... Curly. Yeah, so... When she was in Book of Boba Fett, yeah, she was one of the lead biker, the biker the swoop, kids. Yeah. Okay, good. In tattooing, yeah. Bad kids with the colored bikes. <laughs> that, Naughty mods. That that high speed, low speed chase <laughs> that try to make it look fancy. And then Lester Billings, the main character of the book, is played by David Dasmalchim. That sounds about right yeah. in my head. Hey, it's Ian, probably. It's Polka Dot Man from the Suicide Squad. He's been in a lot of other things. Actually, he's in just about every James Gunn movie. So he's usually in them and he dies. So it's always fun to see his face, and he's actually a pretty good actor, I'll tell you that. So, um, like I said before, this was an, a film ad adaptation. They've been trying to do this for a hot minute, so I'm actually happy that they got to it. So they screened this movie for Stephen King because um, Rob Savage said if Stephen King didn't like it, then we should probably work on some things. Stephen King absolutely adored this movie, and he sent, like, an essay about all the things he liked. And then the next day he sent another message and he told Rob Savage that the studio would be fucking idiots to have this movie just be streaming because that was the original plan for this movie. It was just going to stream on Hulu. And that was it. And Stephen King was like, they're idiots if they don't try to put this out into theaters. And so uh, with the, the praise and, you know, happiness of Stephen King, this movie came out in theaters and spoilers, it did pretty damn good. So I it it makes me happy. This new wave of directors and writers that find these old Stephen King stories and give them legs, actually give them live action legs and wings to grow and get awesome. There are people out here right now that don't really know that much about Stephen King, but this boogeyman story is like, holy shit, that's awesome. It's like, yeah, man, uh, he makes stories like this all the time. This This is nothing new for Stephen King. So there are 
uh, at this point, short story collections, shit, at least 10. And there's probably at least 12 stories in each of them. Hundreds, hundreds of short stories that could potentially be a movie. And we've seen a ton. Uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone, uh, uh, In the Tall Grass, 1408. There are tons of them that have come out and people are like, wow, this is pretty cool. So uh, keep it up, kids. There are there are enough stories out there. That everybody can have a really sweet movie. So we'll get through the story. And what I'll do is I'll dip back and forth with the short story. Uh, it's pretty dang short. And it's to the point. It's honestly, it's less to just talking about how his three children died to some weird shadowy figure that really wants Lester dead. And that's kind of the story. And he's just talking to a psychiatrist. So our movie starts with the Billings family. So that's Lester. And actually, it starts with one of his children. Um, I don't know if they get a name. They do. He says the name what, like once. Um, yeah, not until the... My Annie. It's Annie. Yeah. It's the, the little girl. Yeah. So the this child is just chilling in it in their room and then the closet door just creeps open and comes wide open and you hear voices it's actually the voice of the dad and i think the mom it says it too and then uh just the the most perfect camera angles like you almost get enough of what it is and then it just kind of pans off uh but the little kid is murdered in the crib and that's how we start this movie just like Rough as hell. That thing wants people dead. And it's like, holy shit, the kid kid couldn't even defend itself, you know? So our main characters, our main family, it's the Harper family. So Sadie Sawyer and their therapist father, Will. And he actually does his job at his home. Now, I don't know if he's always done it in the home or just because of developments in their life recently, he's doing it at home. I don't know for sure. But they are dealing with the death of their mother and Will's wife. And so later on, uh, with little bit tidbits through the movie, we discovered that she died suddenly in a car crash. And so no one was prepared for it. Like, it happens in real life. And they are all dealing with the loss of this very important person in different ways. Will is just not dealing with it. And Sadie is trying her best to voice her pain and her just issues with it uh, to her dad because she wants to talk to her dad. And dad seems to be staying clinical with this. Like, he's like, oh, you should talk to a doctor about this. He's like, I want to talk to you, dad. And she, he's like, time to go to bed because he, he just <laughs> does not want to deal with the situation. And then we meet up with Sawyer and Sawyer is just like, man, my room is really scary at night. And so she has lights thrown up around her room and she has the coolest orb of light. And it's pretty legit. And I wish I had that when I was a kid, but I just, I was just saying in the dark. But every night seems, uh, it's just like little kids when they think they see something in the darkness. And she has this cool globe and she like, slides it into dark corners and crevices in her home the moonlight is that's what it's called the moonlight mm -hmm. that's pretty legit man oh, I don't know, moonlight. so we learned that the kids have been out of school for i want to say a month is what they said mm -hmm. and so they head back to school and sadie actually puts in her 
headbuds, earbuds. I want to say headbuds, headphones, <laughs> headbuds. <laughs> and she is trying to ignore everybody's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your mom's dead. I, I'm sorry for your loss. You know that thing. I feel that I feel Sadie on that man. That shit gets played out after a while because no one no one says anything after it it's just like sorry and that's it that's the end of the sentence and it fucking sucks so um she's trying her best to keep it together and with wearing her mother's old clothes to try to get some type of connection um those plans kind of fall through when a friend i'm gonna say i'm gonna put a question mark on it and say it like that a very terrible person in her friend group just doesn't want to try to be nice to her and it's a piece of shit and smushes a very old bag of food onto Sadie and so her clothes are very stinky and ruined. She heads back home. Now, Will is dealing with his appointments and he actually has a little bit of free time but then someone comes to his door it's Lester Billings and so Lester wants to talk to Will about his situation because he's able to cope with the issues because Will's lost someone very close to him very suddenly, and I've lost people suddenly, so we should talk about this. So Lester tells Will that something evil in his home screwed with his family and killed them, well, his children, and it's just he's been dealing with this. One of the kids drew a picture of it, and we don't see the picture instantly, but it's just something weird's happening. Will is like, "Uh, excuse me, I must go to the restroom he goes to the other room and he is calling the police for assistance because he's like there's a crazy person in my home and i'm a psychiatrist so i deal with crazy people this person's super crazy <laughs> and lester actually leaves the room and we get a couple of scenes of him just watching people from a distance and then he heads into the mother's art room actually into the closet and sadie hears a little bit of conversation happening one-sided and then it seems like there's a little bit of a fight and then lester is found hanging inside the art closet and says it looks like he killed himself or did he (laughs) so after this point in the movie uh once again everyone's dealing with their issues kind of by themselves no one really wants to well, the kids want to talk, but the dad really doesn't want to talk. Uh, Sadie, she actually sees like weird mold starting to form around the house. Uh, she doesn't tell anybody about it. She just sees it and just goes about her day. Boy, howdy, that's fucking weird. But Sawyer has the raw end of this deal because one night the closet is slowly creeping open. And then the closet door just gets drop kicked open. And boy, howdy, I would have shit myself if the closet door flew open like that. Uh, This girl is a lot braver than me. I would have screamed and shit myself instantly. But something goes under her bed. And once again, being the brave gal she is, she uses her little moon ball. Princess Leia ain't afraid of shit. Yeah. And scoots it under the bed. She doesn't see anything. Hey, what's that in the corner? What's that in all the corners of this movie? And boy, howdy. It just, she's constantly getting like jump scared by this thing. And so... Sadie and Sawyer, they sleep in the same bed a couple of times in this movie. She's like, there's something in my fucking room, bro. Can I sleep with you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on in. Yeah, and dad ain't listening. He just thinks I'm sad about mom. Yeah. He don't care about us. <laughs> so Sadie 
starts to investigate this issue. So she actually finds where Lester lived before he died, quotation mm-hmm. mark, committed suicide, quotation mark. And he lives at 217, I think it was Oak Street. Hey, 217, that adds up to 19, just like in every Stephen King story. So she heads in. She actually finds that Lester's wife is still alive and she has multiple situations, traps, um, things. She's trying to capture this thing on camera and maybe attack it on camera. And so she has one, one setup that if the closet door opens, a camera instantly goes off. And so the flash she's hoping will make the thing go away or she actually gets a good view of it. So Rita, the the crazy wife of Lester, tells her that this, you know, my kids called it the boogeyman. I didn't believe them, but maybe I should have because they'd probably be still alive right now. And so she, Rita tells Sadie that this thing can mimic voices and it loves finding people that are struggling, that are hurting. Uh, it eats their emotion and their fear, I guess. And that that's his favorite thing. It likes to toy with people and then murder them in the end. So It's like it. Yeah, honestly. Pennywise. I wouldn't be surprised if this was some type of relative to that weird space spider in it. So she Rita informs that the only way to ward it off is by light. And so uh, we get a scene where Rita's like, hey, don't move. The thing is right behind you. And we see something blurry just right behind Sadie. And then the floor creaks like something's walking up on her. And then Rita pulls out the shotgun and starts blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. So Sadie runs off like that lady is crazy. So she just scoots off. So around this time, Sadie wants to hang out with her friends more, try to be somewhat of a normal kid again. And so her friends, quotation mark friends, from school head over to her house to have a sweet little girl's night. Uh, This girl's night is boring. Hey, let's bring out the old weed and smoke some of it. Man, this weed is making me do a lot of coughing. I'm gonna go to the restroom. Oh, I'm pulling something out of my throat. It's a string with a tooth attached to it. Earlier in the movie, Sadie helps Sawyer get one of her loose teeth out. And then we see that the boogie boogeyman grabs the tooth. Like, that's my tooth. So the boogeyman slammed that door. Yeah. That wasn't her. That wasn't the sister that did that. She read about that. So while Sadie's friends are being assholes and locking her in closets, and then she's having to deal with the boogeyman, um, she slaps the bullshit girl and they leave and so sawyer is by herself for a little bit and she's playing i don't know what game it was on playstation um i've seen it before it looked familiar but it wasn't anything i've played but she's playing a game and trying to avoid the boogeyman as it's creeping around the couch and then she gets jumped because she makes a sound and the boogeyman grabs her we see her legs scoot by the camera like in, like the, in the sky, from the, from yeah. the ceiling, and then she is thrown at the TV, and so the family takes her to the hospital because this little girl should not be flying across the room like this. <laughs> so while that's happening, Sadie she actually meets back up with Rita because Rita says she has a plan to kill the boogeyman, and her plan is when Sadie gets close enough is to set her up as a as bait. And then there's a trap. There's all these like spring-loaded wires everywhere. In a second, the boogeyman steps on a wire. These shotgun shells go off and there's flashes and bullets 
and then she's just gonna like light up the boogeyman with all of these bullets and it'll die so the boogeyman comes in because lights go off and then there's someone just sitting there crying boogeyman comes in and takes all the shotgun shells to the chest and ass and face and it goes down and then rita hits it a couple more times with a shotgun i was like awesome man okay light that thing on fire cut off its head oh no just look away from it because it's dead no it's not the boogeyman gets up and kills rita Sadie scoots the fuck out of there because <laughs> uh, that thing didn't go down the shotgun shells. So what can I do? So Sadie calls her family and the dad is like, well, we've been looking all over for you. Uh, well, we're home now. And Sadie's like, don't go back into that house. And he's like, why? What's happening? Like, dad, well, there's nothing wrong with that house. Your sister just like used her imagination. Yeah. And Sadie finally breaks through to Will and gets him to listen to her for once. Unfortunately, he listens right at the threshold of this house. And as he is listening, Will gets snatched up by the boogeyman. And so Sadie races home and finds Sawyer hiding in a closet with Christmas lights attached on her body. So Sawyer and Sadie head into the basement to go find their dad. So uh, it's a pretty cool scene in the basement. Um... Anytime the boogeyman is just in the shadows, you just see these like two dots of like creepy eyes just glowing. And so they play with this like trope, not even a trope. Trope makes it sound like it's bad. This, mm, what's the word? Theme? This, they play it again and again. And it's, it never plays out to me. It's really, really cool. And so they find the dad and they see that the boogeyman is feeding off of the dad's sadness, just like Rita said. And so they save their dad. He is thrown really, really far into this basement. This basement's gigantic. And he breaks his leg. And so the girls proceed to try to fight off said boogeyman. And they use, was it just hairspray? I forgot. I don't know what type of can of aerosol she had. Yeah, I think it was hairspray. Hairspray and a lighter. And so... Sadie pulls an Ellen Ripley and uses flame, fire, to fight back the evil thing. And so she is just corralling the boogeyman into a corner. And then Sawyer runs up with kerosene and and lights this thing on fire. And so um, I forgot to bring up. So the mom's spirit actually pops up and helps out at the end of the movie. And so because the lighter wouldn't come on. And so now the boogeyman on fire and boy, howdy, this thing dies. It like crumbles up. And then the mold in the house starts to catch on fire. Unfortunately, uh, the house catches on fire. And so the family limps out of the front door. Hooray. And so the family has a group session with Dr. Weller. And the dad finally, finally brings up the fact that he has issues that he needs to talk about. And the whole family starts talking about their issues together. And they're happy and there's tears. So as they are leaving, Dr. Weller tells Sadie to come back because uh, I got to talk to you about something. She heads into the room. Dr. Weller's not in there. And the closet door starts creeping open. And so Sadie gets close to the door and she's about to open it. And Dr. Weller comes from another door and is like, what are you doing here? And Sadie, with a face of concern, closes the closet door. So, boy, howdy, uh, it seems like the boogeyman is not done in the movie. Maybe it is. Maybe it's all in Sadie's head. We'll never know. They'll probably make a sequel. So, in the book, real quick, uh, we learn that Lester 
he has been really worried about his children. And so the first two actually die of unrelated causes. Um, they say it's crib death and convulsions. SIDS. Yes. And so uh, the only connection was that the kids kept talking about the boogeyman coming out of the closet. And so Lester's like, that can't be real. Just my kids freaking out. And the closet door being open after he finds their dead bodies. So a year later, his wife, Rita, gets pregnant with their son, Andy. And so they actually move. And uh, a year passes with nothing happening. And so Lester thinks that, like, oh, okay, we're good. Rita, she goes to take care of her sick mom. And Lester and Andy are alone in the house, unfortunately. One night, Andy starts screaming boogeyman. And Lester comes into the room and he sees a giant shadowy figure. And I forgot what it's supposed to look like. I think it has reptile features. And oh man, uh, it's so creepy. But it is choking his child out. So Lester freaks out and is it the scene kind of plays out that he hopes that it's not real what just happened. And he actually goes to a diner and waits till daylight. And he goes back and calls the police and the kid is on the floor dead. And so they they play it up as the kid got out of his crib and broke his neck. And so as he finishes the story, he's crying to the doctor, Dr. Harper. Uh, Dr. Har Harper says that, hey, we should make some future appointments and you should do that with the nurse outside. Um, the nurse isn't there. So Lester comes back into the office and the office is empty and the closet door is open. And then the boogeyman comes out of the closet and takes off the skin of Dr. Lester. So he was talking to the boogeyman the whole time in the story. Boogeyman is just like, I just, I just want to hear you just suffer. Now I'm going to kill you. And that was the end of the short story. The boogeyman was there the whole time. Boogeyman in the house. <laughs> so um, when I saw the doctor, I was like, oh, shit, you know. I was like, maybe the doctor's the boogeyman, but no, probably not. Yeah, that uh, doctor's face was really creepy. I was waiting, especially at the end when she went back, and I was like, here we go. Here we fucking go. But no, she's not the boogerman. So, Emma, who was your favorite character in The Boogeyman? I said Sadie, because uh, Sadie was all about trying to take care of it and make it go away. I mean, I... I get it. She poked and prodded when she shouldn't have and kind of pissed it off a little bit more. But at the same point, she wanted to be there for her sister and realized that nobody else was listening to her. And so she, even she wasn't listening in the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Sadie's character development was great for me. I thought she grew a lot in the small hour and a half that we had to watch her. So I would say Sadie. Micah? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Bethany kind of. She was kind of a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I'm falling in with the, the crowd trying to make fun of you. Now I'm like, no, you don't have to do this alone. I'm right here with you, and I'm going to invite some people over to hang out to – Back to, oh, you pushed me and I can see you're do going through a lot, but all the cool kids are making fun of you, so I'm going to go join them. 
<laughs> so the, I guess the middle part. <laughs> she she was a good friend. Every other part. Beth Every other part, but the beginning and the end. My favorite character was also Sadie, like Emma. Yeah, I love the characters who are able to get through their own bullshit really quickly and then deal with the problem head on. And they never, like, stray from trying to fix the problem. Yeah. And Sadie did that this whole movie. She was great. Agreed. Y'all crazy. Uh, I'm going with the Booger Man. That motherfucker <laughs> was awesome. Uh, I it's out there a, taking names. It's been a hot minute since a movie had me like doing a Where's Waldo. Uh, the usually like in Paranormal Activity movies. That's why I like watching those because there's always something you see the next time you look. You're like, oh shit, okay, that thing moved. Okay, cool. In this movie, there's so many spots where the camera pans by and you just see something just in the corner, some brown little thing, or some blonde brown thing or something in the corner like a spider just chilling and i enjoyed when they brought in the beady like the glowing eyes i thought that was a really cool touch and they didn't do it at the beginning it was later on in it and you're like oh shit i can see it i can just see the eyes and it's in that corner and then light goes over and it's gone and it's like that shit had me fucked up yeah lights go away eyes come back i'm like oh my god it's right there i loved it this this villain was cool and even with the end of this movie, where you actually get a pretty good look at it, I still couldn't. If you sat me down and said, oh, just draw me the shittiest boogeyman picture from that movie, it still would not be that discernible. Um, it was cool that it had extra arms in its mouth and its teeth were like fingers at first and like, like ripping its mouth open to get its real face out. But that was, that cool. was horrific. I really don't have a good look at what it was even though i saw it pretty good for like maybe two full minutes in this movie two and a half is what you got but it was all shaded it was never like straight light and you saw it it was always some type of shadow on it so that's the way to do it man don't ever put a monster in full light unless it's like a big monster or something like an animal but uh, i also have a honorable mention for a favorite mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna say the ending I like that it ended in a way where it was like interpretive. So it's like, well, if they wanted to continue, then it's a cliffhanger and we can continue. If they wanted to end right there, it's like, no, it was just in her head. It's not really there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I liked that they did that. It was very open ended. Yeah. Sometimes I'm in the mood for a they win kind of ending. Sometimes I, I like to see the monster die. Sometimes I like the monster just to win. So I had to be in the right mood when this when the ending happened. I was like, "That's cool," and uh, like I said, spoilers based off the money. They're probably gonna run this shit back. <laughs> in this like one, a year. this one, that ending didn't feel like a cop out this time. No, so that it worked really well. Uh, so Emma, who was your least favorite character in the Boogeyman? Um, Nat and the group of girls, <laughs> because that girl, ooh, buddy. I had the ramen that's been in the microwave for five minutes, hot, boiling blood every time she <laughs> fucking spoke. I was like, oh, 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 oh you motherfucker. <laughs> and it was it was that feeling that like, you know, you know, people have had people talk to them like this. Like I've experienced people that talk to me like this. And to think of my children having people talk to them like that just yeah. makes me want to grind my teeth. I just, I can't. 
Oh, she was awful. God, what a bitch. What a piece of actual shit. <laughs> she feels like the kind of girl that in a teenage drama about high school kids, uh, she would be the one that keeps going with that mentality and all of her friends turn on her for being, like, too much of a bitch. Like, <laughs> yep. going too far. But... Yeah, no, she sucked, man. She was such a terrible person. And one of those terrible people that's just like, I'm just going to steam through, steamroll through being terrible because it makes me feel good to make others feel bad. It's fucking wild. Yeah, fuck that bitch. All aboard the Nat train. She was trash. There, and the friends, honestly. Like, aside from Bethany, who was, like, kind of on um, Sadie's side, the rest of those friends were fucking pieces of shit too if anyone spoke to any of my friends the way that natalie spoke to sadie after their friend after their mom died they wouldn't be able to talk because i throat chopped them like 100 percent. i'd have done worse than slapper absolutely there would have been blood on the ground like we would have been fucking fighting this isn't a you get to say whatever you want this woman this girl is literally what Otis lovingly refers to as people who have never been popped in the mouth before for the shit that they say. And there's it. Absolutely. I would have beat her ass. Yeah. All, all aboard the Nat train. And it's funny. I say this all the time. Every Stephen King story we do, there's always two levels of villains. You have the low level villain. And that's the one you really hate because they're normal. It's a normal person being a piece of shit. Uh, just like in, oh, what was the name of it? Uh, uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone. That fucking bully that was like 30 years old beating up on high school kids. It was a piece of shit, you know? And, you know, and then you have the high level villain, the one you have to really defeat, the fucking boogeyman. The boogeyman was bad, but Nat was terrible. And there was no like, uh, there was nothing I really cared about. The only thing that would have actually had her not be my least favorite character was if she actually got snatched up by the boogeyman. If she died, she would not have been my least favorite character. Absolutely. I've been like, yeah. well, no, I'm like, maybe. her fate was fulfilled. Uh, she did great. She did her job. I hated her. And then she died and I was happy. She would not have been my least favorite. But she got away with it. <laughs> I, it makes me mad. But hey, Sadie's happy. So this, she can get new friends, you know. Uh, but that was poop and a half. So let's do seven word synopsis. I only have one. I had another one in my head and I thought of it and I laughed and I didn't write it down. So at the end of the movie, I was like, fuck, what was that? So uh, it'll pop up at some point. So I wrote dark room, bad person, say less fam. So uh, that's that's the boogermans. That's all they want. You don't feel good about yourself? Cool. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Katie. All right. Bitch would have got wrecked talking like that. Mm-hmm. And then, real synopsis, therapist doesn't process grief. Daughters almost die. Yup. And my last one, Boogeyman 2, Sadie becomes full-time arsonist. Yeah. Micah. The owner of the most uh, recent flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Hold on. Wait, I had one more that I came up with. I'm not really sure. All of a sudden, uh, and then no, no, not a hockey stick. That's my only weakness. <laughs> she comes busted in. She's like, 
Look, the shotgun shells didn't take care of it, but obviously me whooping some ass with it. Okay, so mine were touch my kid and I'll kill you. Yep. Uh, stop telling kids their intuition is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, boogeyman is a mimic. Sucks out fear. Uh, if you're here, bend to the left. And then I had two alliteratives. Creepy closet creature kills kids, creates chaos. And ferociously freaky figure frightens family, finally flamborough. So this film came out June 2nd, 2023. I forgot to bring this up earlier, but you can check this movie out on Hulu. It is 99 minutes. And it doesn't feel like it wastes any time. No, it went quick. So what do you guys think the budget for this film was? Emma. $35 dues. Katie. I said $30 dues. Micah. $23 dues. $23. So, uh, oh, that's the sound when someone hits it just right. The budget was $35 dues. Oh, fuck. So, what do you guys think the box office was for the boogeyman, Emma? $75 dues. Katie. $120 dues. Micah. Oh, um, you know what? $200 dues. God damn. That's awesome. <laughs> I I see where you're coming from, Micah. I wish it made $200 million. But not <laughs> yet. It hasn't been... I mean, it's been out for a little bit. I mean, I got it on Blu-ray, so I guess it has been long enough. But no... It made $82.3 dollars dues. Still great. Made double, double and a half for a movie that was just going to be streaming. So it was it would make some money, but nothing like double its budget. So uh, hooray for you, Boogeyman. Hooray for you, Rob Savage. You're going to get a lot more opportunities to make more scary movies. Keep it up, bud. Uh, oh, Minority Kill Count. That is a big old zero. People died, but not a lot of people in this movie. It's PG-13, so I was like, man. Like, it was a lot of terror, but not a lot of just, like... That fucking movie was PG-13? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it's like scary stories to tell in the dark. Just, they are crushing it with the, like, this shit is scary as hell. But yeah, everyone let's, let's, it. I was gonna say, let's take it back to the basics and just do, like, haunted children stories. Like, let's go. Yeah. Haunted children. stories i said what i said it's all about pacing i think and just atmosphere you can make something scary you don't need someone getting ripped in half now sure watching people get ripped in half is fucking terrifying but sometimes a scarecrow in a fucking field can be absolutely horrifying sometimes a dark room in a little globe rolling down the hallway can be absolutely terrifying so the number is still 403 in the Tito Turtle and a house in a plane full of vampires. So does anybody have anything else to say about the boogeyman before we get out of here? I'm going to say I have an honorable uh, mention for least favorite character that I didn't say. And that is the dad. Yep. He was a bag of ass the whole movie. This cast wasn't a lot of people. So people had to kind of share jobs. And I thought he was just going to be the uh, I'm not emotionally or physically there for you. And then at the end, I finally open up and see what's happening. And he kind of was that character. There are characters like that in horror movies. But he was sharing the job of the I'm not going to believe you. This is crazy. No one does this. And it's funny. 
usually that character that doubts everything, they die from the thing. You know, they're like, this isn't real. And they turn around the things right there and they're like, oh, and get their head ripped off. So I was expecting the dad to die in this, but he didn't. So I was like, oh, that's awesome that you got away from that fucking trope before you died from it. You know, like I was telling Katie a couple of days ago, that's like being in an action movie and telling people it's your first day on a job. Uh-huh. Or retirement's you, tomorrow. Or you reti- you're retiring tomorrow. That's how you fucking die. You don't say those words. Uh, so I was expecting the dad to go down in this movie. I mean, he broke a leg, so I guess that's good enough of a punishment for not believing your children. So hey, good for him. <laughs> Man, I, I was like, the second he's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, whoo, you're dead. <laughs> Can't say that to the main character. That's how you fucking die. Okay, so with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other cool fun facts about booger people, or I don't know, that moon ball, give me that moon ball. Uh, you can tweet me about the moon ball, but you can tweet Katie about boogerman info at Allentown Pod. We have an email at <laughs> Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Facebook at Allentown Presents. So that was episode 20 in the pocket in the books out of sight. We have 11 more episodes. In the fifth annual Halloween Screamathon, I'm very pumped. We got some old ones coming up. We got some absolutely new ones coming up. And I think our last movie that we are picking will be the absolute most terrifying one that we will watch in October. And I think it's probably going to be on a few people's top five next year. I watched it. No, I just feel I have people that don't really watch scary movies. They were like, dude, that was pretty. I'm like, really? You don't even like it? I mean, like, yeah, that was pretty scary. I'm excited, boy, howdy. And it's foreign horror. I didn't know that. So, um, the music you listen to right now that is flipping combined effort, flipping the CE anywhere you can find them. The studio beats us. Thank you so much for the artwork. So, for Katie, for Emma, Micah, sleepy old Bella, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back tomorrow with another scary movie. Hey, bye, guys. Bye. Toots. Listeners, I don't want to alarm you, but we may, there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman in your house. Ah! <laughs> boogie person. Did you just misgender me? <laughs>